Hi, Richard. How, How are, are you? Jinx. <laughs> I'm feeling better right now. It was a little heavy over the last couple of days. Yeah. So for those just tuning in, uh, Jennifer's one of her, was it your cousin? My cousin. A few. Yeah. Um, checked out early, went to the flip side. Name is Jake. Jake. And he was 18 years old and um, we stopped to wait. What? Tell us about him. Tell us a little bit about Jake. He was somebody that was very empathic, would always be, you know, he could start a conversation with anyone. Um, and, you know, I lost touch with my cousin. You know, last time I saw my own, his dad was at my dad's funeral a few mm. years ago. And we said to each other, we can't do this at, you know, no more weddings and funerals where we see each other again. <laughs> sure enough, it happened again. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I personally didn't, I know the family really well. I didn't know Jake really well, but from everything that was said about him and from the pouring of love that was given for him, he is, you know, it was interesting because the Mormon, because it was in a Mormon church um, outside but the Mormon religion, they believe in the afterlife, right? That's their, mm -hmm. there is an afterlife. So that gave a lot of comfort to them. And what I wanted to say is, you know, last, so July 31st, um, my mother uh, wasn't feeling too well and her arms hurt. And I said, you've got to get into the hospital. We'll make a long story longer. She did go to the hospital. They were going to do angioplasty. And I'm working out, and I was working out in the morning. And a lot of times my dad shows up. Well, my dad showed up with my grandpa and grandma Coleman, which I don't see very often in spirit. I'm like, hi guys. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, you guys are here to help my mom, right? And then they were so close. I've only seen this a couple of times how, with how close their energy was. Like it was just right in front. I'm like, wait a second. You guys are here to get her. You guys came to pick, like, is she leaving the planet? And I lost it. And for anybody that knows how this works, if you have an attachment to any outcome, you're toast. You're done. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't break in because your brain's going. Rant. Yeah. And so, and I got August 4th, you know, from them. And that was it. I was too freaked out and then I couldn't see him again. So I called up my sister, told my sister, I'm like, I think mom, I'm just waiting. I hope she doesn't pass away today, but you know. If she does, then she's with my dad. If she doesn't, she's with her husband. <laughs> her other, her other husband. So it can't be that bad. So then, you know, my sister's just like, you know what? We've done, you know, we've done everything that we could. We loved her. You know, we went through our whole process with it. Well, on August 4th, I'm thinking, okay, she didn't pass away. Clearly she didn't pass away um, that Friday. And every day I was kind of, you know, it got better and better. And she's <laughs> fine now, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I just surrendered to it. And then August 4th came around and I was working. It was Tuesday and I was working Tuesday or Thursday. Was it Thursday? I don't know. Um, but I was working all day and I just kept bracing myself for the phone or for a message. And sure enough, I got a message, but it was somebody had passed away. Let me just said it. Jake, who's 18 Jake. years old, who is my cousin's son. 
And I named my son after his dad who passed away at 33 from cancer. My son, Jack, I named. Uh-huh. He, um, he passed away that night, July 31st, that night. So my parents and his great grandparents were there to get him. They were there to get so, him. So have you had a conversation with Jake since he crossed over? I, I don't think I have, no. I haven't. Well, do you think it would be too intrusive to ask him to come forward? I mean, this is kind of what we do. My dad's ready to come forward, but I'm not sure if he is. Well, let's ask your dad. That's who I was going to ask first. Let's talk to him a little bit. Okay. Dad Jim, come forward. Yep, he's here. So, Jim, how are you? Good to see you, sort of. Said busy. <laughs> hey, busy. So... If you could put this into context for us, and you've done this many times before, helping us uh, to understand how the process works. So this was your nephew, I guess, uh, yeah. Jake. And was this something that Jake had worked out prior to coming to the planet, or was this something that occurred as a result of something? I think that it was something that Prior. Prior. And, and now I just, I have a flashback of, I did speak, I'm like, what was this all about? And I don't, you know, not everything happens for a reason when it happens. We might get some insight later on, but not everything, I don't like to say, oh, everything happens for a reason. That just, it's not something that's comforting at all. But I said, what could possibly come out of this? And I got that he's, you know, I was shown five people that he saved their life because of what happened to him. Hmm. Interesting. And, and they changed their life because either they changed their life because they realized that was a wake up call because of what happened to Jake. I see. Well, what we've learned in this research and, you know, talking to people on the other side is that there's a myriad of reasons why a person might leave early. And right. Anything from they need to get back because they're planning another journey with other friends. When we put it in the context of all of their lifetimes, whether it's 50 or 100, there's a reason for it. And it might be related to a lifetime three in advance or three behind or whatever. I'm just saying it's right. very difficult to pin down this happened for this reason. Right. Other than speaking directly to that person. And since it's so soon, I would, well, let's ask Jim. Is Jake, does Jake want to come forward and talk to us? Not right now. I think it's too soon. Because I think what if his parents, it's too soon for his parents. It's to too soon. That's fine. And Jim. And they're, like, he had, he has the best parents that love him so much. And the best brothers and, the, you know, he's. He was the middle child out of three. He's just so loved. And I just feel like for my dad, to, you know, I was hoping that he would, but I think that's just going to come in time. Well, your dad right. has helped us before talking about grief. For those who aren't aware, it, uh, it was your father who came through and said to advise people to move grief to nostalgia. And we didn't know what that meant. And he said, Grief is only sad memories. Nostalgia is both sad and happy memories. 
And when you can move grief to nostalgia, it helps the healing process. So if I could ask you, Jim, for something that'll help parents struggling with something like this, where a child leaves early, checks off the bus themselves early, or people are feeling depressed or dealing with depression. Is there just something you can help us with that? What, what would your advice be? You said there's a lot of ways to help with grief. First of all, know that you're not alone. You're never alone. And he said, and we, the other, you know, people on the other side are doing our best to help you not have grief. We're trying to show, show you signs that we're around, whether it's with music, whether it's with pictures falling, whether it's with transistor, like you showed me a transistor radio, but like a television. Um, Your dad's reference. Yeah. Um, and we also talk to you. But a lot of times it falls on deaf ears due to grief. So let me ask you this, Jim. Prior to the event, is there anything that people can do sort of to anticipate or to help somebody who's, let's say, depressed, um, you know, needs help but doesn't know who to ask? You said we're always connected. Who, would, who do you mean by that? Okay, that's a great question. You're always connected to your heart that connects to God or source or whatever you believe in. You're always connected. That's your life energy, your source energy, key, chi, whatever, I'm sorry, chi, whatever it is, your life force. That life force connects to all of us. Okay, but Jim, I want to be a little more specific. I understand what you're saying. We're all connected, but I'm talking about guides, teachers, soulmates, classmates, people on the other side who normally incarnate with us, their higher selves are always back there. Our guides, teachers yeah. are all, so how can we help someone who's not feeling connected to feel connected to them? What should they do? Huh. He showed me like a stone, almost like some type of stone. Hold on. He's like, whatever you feel like energy-wise you can hold, and then ask questions to your higher self. Okay. So well, let me unpack that for a second. Set Joseph aside. Right behind my shoulder is a mountain in western Tibet. It's called Mount Kailash. Yeah. Yeah, and a number of religions consider this to be the sacred stone, that this is the place where all energy comes from. All, you know, life energy, blah, 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 blah. Hindus, Jains, Bond, and Buddhists also all consider this thing over my shoulder. And there are uh, Brahmin priests who have a piece of stone from this particular, okay. So what he's saying, and we've seen this in the research, is that, you pick up something, anything, and it, it, can, it has energy. Right. It's a form of energy. It's atoms agreeing to participate in whatever <laughs> we're doing here. And if oh. it's a stone, ah, I do have a stone. If it's a stone from Mount Kailash, like 
this one is. So okay. this stone is connected to that mountain over my shoulder. Let's just put it that way. We're all connected to each other. And so therefore, what he's saying is you pick up something and ask this thing, looking at it, you could, it could be a cross, could be a picture of Jesus, could be a picture of Buddha. And you right. can say, I need your help. I'm having a problem with my life, my journey, my path. I need you to help me. And you're not asking the stone, but you're asking the stone to mirror that thought up to your loved ones. Is that something like that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Sorry. I did, I, the greatest part is that I know that I'm not thinking it. And I'm like, what? A stone. A stone. You what? showed you a stone. And then it, that was to tell me so I could say, pick up the stone. Yeah. But, and the other odd part of this, and it's important to mention, in the book, Architecture of the Afterlife, where I'm talking to people who are not under hypnosis about their journey and their path, and they say the same things about the afterlife, I've had people in their mind's eye say, oh, I'm in the afterlife, and I'm in this beautiful garden of healing. And I've had people go up and step in the water. I've had them go up and hug a tree. I've had them go up and, you know, pick up a plant. But ask the plant questions, including a stone. Go to the ocean and pick up a seashell. Pick up a seashell. But the point is, when I ask people while they're, they're visualizing this other realm, I'll say the stone in your hand that you're holding in your hand, do you feel it? Do you feel anything about it? And they will say, and they always do. They say, I feel sentience. I feel a presence. And then I'll say, well, let's ask the presence. Who are you? What's the story? What's your journey? Et cetera, et cetera. And you find that all, I don't even know how to put it, but it's almost like, consciousness or dark matter or whatever it is whatever term is all exists within everything so this was this goes to the native american sue you know native american religious ideas wakantanka the great spirit it animates everything so i'm just connecting what jim just said to that concept that everything is sentient yeah I have the chills, yes. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Jim. I didn't mean to call no, up your metaphor. I, wasn't, I didn't understand. I mean, I didn't, was it in my toolbox? Well, even I appreciate that. So, I collect stones and I collect rosaries, even though I'm not, you know, Catholic. Religious, yeah. Something about rosaries that do something for me. Very good. My mom used to collect them, and I used to bring them back to her from Rome. You know, I lived in Rome, and I used to, I used to bring them back. And, you know, for me, it was like, oh, you know, mom, here's one. And I remember when our parish priest gave me one that he had gotten from the Pope to give to my mother, you know, and her holding that, the idea of connection. Mm -hmm. So a rosary or mala beads, you know, like the Tibetans have and they wear, right? I've got them around here somewhere. But that idea of being connected, not only subconsciously, because you're sort of allowing yourself to meditate by holding the mala bead and thinking about love or whatever you're thinking about. Same with the rosary. Each one's a prayer. Mm -hmm. So if you interchange the word prayer for meditation, each right. meditation, right. Mary, whoever. Yeah. yeah. It's a prayer to your higher self, to connecting to your higher self. So that rosary or those mala beads 
or that watch that your father used to own, you're not going to the watch, you're using it as a cell phone. Right. A smartphone to the flip side. Speaking of smartphones to the flip side, Jim, thank you very much for answering that question. I appreciate that. Um, we've talked about this before. Sometimes the night before I know I'm talking to Jennifer, this mm -hmm. happens more often than I care to admit, some entity shows up and entity, let's, you know, a person usually. When we talked to John Lewis, there was a moment in the kitchen in the morning when I suddenly saw something in my mind's eye and I, instead of dismissing it, I went, oh, John Lewis wants to talk to us. And that's what happened last week. This Thanks. week, I'm going to tell you the name of the person. Can I just share with you real fast what keeps showing up or pops in? is Please. some. I don't know if he's an Indian chief or something like that. Some type of, I don't know. But that's okay. Let's, here's the thing. I don't know who this person is. I don't know if it's a male or female. But oh, the message, sorry? Interesting. Okay. The message I got last night, very clearly, I want to talk to you today. And I said, well, who are you? Who do I address you as? And this person, and I want to say a she, I don't know. Could be a he, I don't know. Said, yeah. the principal. Just the word, the principal. And I was like, you mean like professor? You know, somebody in grade school, school principal? Or do you mean like the principal? I mean, I didn't know what they meant. And I said, what, well, what do you mean? What's that referred to? And this person, she, I think, said, You'll find out. Just ask. So let's do our normal thing. Luana, how are you? I have a chill. I don't know who this principal is, but I have a chill. Well, let's ask Lou. Is this accurate? Is there somebody here that's shown up in class? Because they don't get to me until they get through Lou. They don't get to Jennifer until Luana puts them on the list. So is this person on your list? Yes, this person is on the list. How'd she get on, or is it a she or a he, Lou? Neither, neither. Okay. Uh, How did like this? Feels, it feels like it's coming from another galaxy. That's what okay. it feels like. Uh, I, that's, uh, that's why I, when I asked for a name, I got no name. So is the principal the accurate name we can call this person? Lou, let's ask Lou first. Yeah, yes. And, and does yeah, this? Then I got shown up in the, like, I don't know, up in the, where the stars are, galaxies, I got shown 360 degrees. So I don't know, just, we'll just keep. Just let, allow that. Okay, we're not, we didn't ask for a location, but I appreciate that. That would have been a question. But Lou, what do you, what, how would you characterize this principle? Is this a male or a female? I mean, just to give us a, a, a reference point. Neither, both, more one or the other? It's a trans female. That's the essence. Okay, very good. So I'm going to call her her for the mm -hmm. sake of just syntax so we can have a conversation. That's so and interesting. Knowing that that's a he and a she. Yeah. Let's just allow it. Luana, why did this person come, and I'm asking Luana this, before we get to this principle. Why did this person want to come to our class today? Why was this important for them to communicate to us in this manner? She said, they, and I'm like, okay. 
they want to communicate um, how they're helping the planet. Very good. Thank you. That's a specific answer to my question. It's important to talk to us, not important whether it's a person or a they or from a group of people. But right. if I can ask you, thank you, first of all, principal, can I speak to you directly? Can I ask you questions directly or help the why? Yeah, you already are. Okay. Have you, have you done this before? Or have you talked to people on the planet, our planet, this way? I feel like they put, they help people. She's blah. They're showing me the heads of people and they're showing me putting information. Putting ideas. Putting ideas in their, like planting trees or raking, you know, you know, something doing. I understand. Like planting ecological ideas to help the planet. Very good. Why are you doing that? Do you feel, is this like your job? It's funny. Is there like, it'd just be interesting to just tell you guys versus planting the ideas. Um, I feel like they're in charge of like, that's why they said 360. They're in charge of like, almost the cleanup crew for all of the galaxies or all of the planets in our galaxies. Okay, very good. Have you ever incarnated on Earth? No. No. And in your realm, where- They feel everything from the trees. Like they, they feel, feel everything from the trees. From like the trees and- not necessarily humans, but from the trees and from the earth. So okay. So like, more connected to, let's just call it that, more connected to the sentience, the energy involved with flora, fauna, trees, the earth, extended time. Trees that live 600 years, thousands of years, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And we've had weird conversations with trees that are really old. So, and I know this is an odd question. I know. Hold on a second. Go ahead. He just, he, I just felt like one of the oldest trees in the world died recently. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sure we could talk to them. Question for you, principal. But maybe that's why they're here. All right, question for you, principal. What is it would you like to uh, us to convey on your behalf? Okay, like you to, I'd like you to explain to everyone Now's the time, more than any, to really start helping the planet. And I see fish dying. I see like they're showing me the, eco the ecosystems failing. Um, and then I just saw glaciers, you know, crumbling. Nothing. Yeah. And um, so what would be a dramatic piece of advice, a direct suggestion for us? What could we what would be one or two or three or five things we could do? He says you can plant seeds, whether it's through the mind or physically planting seeds in the soil, you know, trees, anything, anything to make things grow. Okay, that's, I'm going to give you that as number one. Plant seeds, whether it's metaphorical seeds, whether it's physical seeds, right. plants, plant. trees. We've heard this before, plant a trillion trees, you'll lower the temperature of the planet. Is that correct? Yes, by a lot. Okay. If we keep um, it. Yeah, a trillion trees. Right now, there's apparently like three trillion trees on the planet. And if you plant another trillion, it'll bring the temperature down, increase the oxygen level. We've heard that from trees. 
Yes. The second uh, thing we can do in terms of fish, in terms of water, or is it all just goes to the seeds? More cleanups in the ocean. More ocean cleanup. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, like I'm writing it down, like I'm going to broadcast it to the nation. Well, more cleanup in the oceans, but again, those seeds will trickle into that by trying to preserve the ocean, trying not to, you know, not pollute, yeah. trying to have more of your carbon footprint to for those that are tuning in for the first time, I also want to mention the show Connected, which I've been watching. It's on Netflix. Wonderful science show, which shows, and I, I mean, I've seen some of these before, but it shows how interconnected we Zac, all are. Is that Zac Efron? Uh, no, it's a, it's a brand new one. It just came out. It's on Netflix. It's called Connected. It's a young kid who's a science nerd, curly hair, glasses, and he goes around the world showing how connected, like the Sahara Desert, with its nutrients in the desert, feed the Amazon forests. Now, the Amazon forest can't exist without those nutrients that get blown across. So the interconnectedness is important for us to be aware of. So I understand when, when this entity is saying, you know, we need to plant seeds to help the ocean. Like the butterfly wings causing a hurricane, the butterfly effect, that sort of thing. Um, but let's focus on human behavior, thought processes. Is there anything that we can do to help them other than starve them to death? Real fast, he just shows me. He just showed me the bees dying. Bees dying. Is there anything we can do to prevent that? Not right now. Okay, but for the future, what can we do? I mean, planet's those, not going anywhere. Just those two things. What bees? Tree, planting seeds and the planting water. seeds. Oh, okay, very good. All right, I'm not going to make him give give me five. Very good. Planting seeds in human minds and planting seeds physically on the planet. Because the more trees there are, the more oxygen there is, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, what else? That can't be the only thing you came to tell us. What do you else do you want to tell us? I think it's, I think it's the timing because of COVID, because people aren't traveling, because it's not so polluted. We still are so far. We're getting, we're gaining ground a little bit, but we still have so much more to go. Uh -huh. And if we were to try to have a sustainable food situation um, where we can help feed everyone, planting is the only way to go, even though we, and I'm just trying to figure out, I'm like, well, we don't have access. We don't have the resources. Well, let okay. me ask you, why are you not allowed to help us physically? We cannot interfere in someone's path, but we can give you an idea. Very good. I've heard this. We've heard this often. They can't interfere in a civilization, but they can appear etherically Pop the idea into somebody's mind, hey, fix your planet. It's going to die unless you do these things. Have you been successful at that on other that's, planets? That's a trickling effect that goes, you know, that that's, makes it to where if we do something about our planet, it's a trickling effect helping other planets. Oh, 
Have you been successful at helping other planets? Yes. Can you give us an example? Hold on one second. I said, is it because we're human that that's why we can't, we're not doing a good job? And they said, no, you just haven't cared enough about it. There's not enough of you that care enough about it. It's not just because we're human. I yeah. That I do remember asking a tree about why they're sharing this knowledge of being being sent in and passing along information. And the tree said, you used to be able to hear us. You stopped listening. Right. So right. let me ask you some questions, um, Principal, about your realm. Did, are you... Are you in any form in your realm? Do you want to show Jennifer? Or are you a, a, a mental image or a light? Or what is your... It's so interesting that you say that because I kept seeing things scattered. Like it wasn't a form like us or a form. And then I saw it scattered into like an angel, like what you would have like an angel wing. Like, like that's angel wing. Yeah, guardian angels. Okay. Well, let's ask, let's ask our principal. Would you... They're the guardians of the planet, it feels like. Guardians of the universe. So would you care, I mean, not to, you know, put in a box to reduce syntax, but for the humans out there listening in, when I ask this question, they're going to listen up. Would you consider yourself an angel? Yes. Would you consider yourself an archangel? human term they're not an archangel but they help serve the archangels very good so let me clarify you do not incarnate generally no never incarnated no they're just connected just connected and is this part of the sources plan or idea or architecture or is or who who was involved with parsing these energies out into different parts of the universe? It was us. Okay, very good. It was us. And what that means, if I may unpack it or explain, we create reality. Not just this one that we're hearing in this artificial reality called the internet and earth and blah and rich, Jennifer, but also the rest of it the afterlife, et cetera, et cetera. Is that what you mean? So yeah. we've created everything within it. All right, very good. Um, have you ever shown up to a human on the planet so they looked at you and they went, ah! You showed me Einstein. You scared the shit out of Einstein? Is that what you're saying? Oh. <laughs> or helped him. He just knew that everything's alive. He's just show, she just showed me, he just had the equations that everything's alive. So they did show up to him through here. I see, when he was asleep, let's allow. Not and that he was sitting in a coffee shop. The person that was, uh, he just showed me underneath the Bodhi tree. Buddha. Buddha, yeah. So let me clarify that one. Are you saying that's an example, that's a metaphor, or did you act, were you actually show, were one of the people who showed up to talk to Buddha 2,500 years ago when he had that experience under the Bodhi? We showed up. 
See, I, I just want to clarify something to the audience, which is I have no um, personal desire for an outcome for this sentence. The question, very simple. Were you there or were you not there? Jennifer would tell us if he, she said, no, I wasn't there. I'm just giving you a metaphor. That's fine. Showed me they didn't show physically to, to Einstein. He was Einstein, big. but it was more of a mental thing. And physically were shown. And for those who are tuning in who are Buddhist scholars, let's just allow at some point when Buddha was, when God Sid, Siddhartha was having the experience of traveling through other realms, he said that he met non-incarnating beings. Oh, wow. Well, he called them deities. He didn't, they didn't use the word, he didn't use the word angel, but he called them just what this person is describing. We show up as angels to people that believe in angels and deities. It's the same energy. Same energy. But if, if has anyone ever ascribed a name to you on the planet, like given you a name? This feels like my, my dad's teachers. Oh, a little bit like, but the eight arms. The eight arms. But is this her? I don't. She's is she blue? Uh, Krishna's blue. Krishna's blue. Okay. Krishna is guy girl a little bit. Sorry, no, you know, no, no offense. But well, I, listen, I'm not trying to parse this down. Uh, that's just what I was yeah, showing. You got the image. So, but I'm trying to clarify. We've talked to um, not only uh, Krishna, but we've also talked to Ma Durga, who was the. I mean, that's a term that people gave to her. She has eight arms. Is this the same person? Has she just shown up to have this conversation and without showing us her eight arms? Or is she saying she's like those people? She's like those people. Like those people. Well, let me ask you, are you a teacher? Do you, do you teach a class on the flip side? As well as this angel duty? They teach the teachers, and the teachers teach everybody else. Wow, teach the teachers. Hierarchy, a little bit above the mountain. It's so, just the way it is, because there's different languages, there's different, every, like, there's just a lot of differences, I guess. All right, I know this is going to sound goofy, but what's your impression of what Jennifer and I are doing? He says it's opening minds to make it easier for us. No. Oh. And how does that work? Is it like, is it like when you... Because they were, so whatever we say, people will either resonate with it or not. They'll have their own experience. You go, oh, that's what they were talking about. Or they'll have an experience, then they listen to our podcast or watch this, and they're like, oh my gosh, I saw something similar to that. They'll, refer, they'll go back they'll, in there. Yeah, it'll echo. So it's, it, it's, my, it's well, that, in the way the information comes, because it's... It's always at the right time for anybody to listen to it. My wife pointed something out. She had heard this from Philip Glass, the great music composer, that there were certain piano pieces that were unplayable. People couldn't play them. But once someone played it, then other people could play it. She mm -hmm. also noted that in ice skating, certain triple jumps were impossible, take years to learn. And now people learn them in like two weeks. It's like watching somebody else does it gives them the muscle memory of how to do it right. is that something what you're talking about yes so the idea of 
people watch us talk to the principal. Don't, we're not judging it. I'm telling you under no, Jennifer and I weren't talking about this. I had a dream last night, dream, where a voice said to me, I want to speak to you. And I said, who are you? And I heard the principal. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, the principal has to do with sacred geometry, has to do with mathematics. So it's and a I, PLE. Wow. Thank you. I was thinking about, you know, the head of the class, principal, the principal. Well, let's ask you, what do you mean by that? If you're a mathematical principal. It's like the square root of pi. So it's something that feels infinite. Wow. And it is something that is an equation of how everything gets locked in together. And you can either be aware of it or not, of what your role is. All right, let's just say that again. Something that's infinite, but it's also something that could be locked it's something that's infinite, but it's equations that get people locked together. So let's just say it's so interesting. If you feel like the energies, you know how energies like attracts like attracts, well, likes attracts, yeah. whatever it is, they get locked together. So they reconnect or they reconnect. Quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is that things split apart, quantum entanglement. And no matter where they are in the universe, they react. Yeah, because if you're, if, like, for instance, thank you. If somebody wipes out a whole forest, that's a huge problem, right? And if you have that, that energy of something like that happening, which is really bad, then they can figure out how to make it better, like the, to disperse that energy that's bad. And, and it's not a hierarchy, bad or good or black or yeah, white. I know it's what you mean. To fix things. Bad for the planet. Right. And again? Oh, fix things. Yeah, it's how they fix things. They take the energies and they try to fix them. Balancing. Like a non... Like a, show us how... They don't try to fix them. Sorry. I, <laughs> I love that... They try... I know, they just told me. They're like, no, we don't fix them. <laughs> I love they, the principles correcting you. They show us how to fix them ourselves. Wow. But we have lights that tell us how to get... For them to come over so the principle can you give us a name that we can use so we can refer to you because principal angel angel principle just doesn't doesn't really sing can you give us a metaphor lou help the principle with this give me a second because they're showing me a lot of stuff hold on a second i can't okay. focus when you're okay. yeah. a force like a force. A force. The force be with you? I just said that. They're like, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but they said, I'm like. But like a force. You can use it against, like they just showed me having it as a shield against things that, you know. Are negative, let's say. You say that, like things that are negative that are part of this planet, like the trees getting cut down. Like how can you use that force Okay, hold on. Let, let's just clarify. Okay. How can you use that principle? Let's call it the principle with an L-E. You asked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can we use the principle? Right. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm clarifying what they're saying. Right. This is how you, we use the principle to fix things. But you fix them. We show you how to do it. You're the ones who fix them. Yes. Something like that. 
But I'm asking the principal who identified themselves to me as the principal. And I thought it was AL, but it's LE. Please, help us give this principal a name so that we can refer in the future. You know, we don't have to say the principal that was an arch or an angel that blah, blah, blah. Just a name or a letter. Mr. Miss. Um, so it went to internal guidance to um, your spirit. I mean, everything that they're showing me is just, it goes back to being the principal. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Okay, you don't have to give us a name, Mr. Principal. But we're going to call you Mr. or Ms. Principal. What should we call you, Mr. or Ms. Principal? It already exists, she says. It's the angels, it's the Buddha, it's the Krishna. Yeah, but just to refer to this conversation, I think we should call them the world peas. If you have to have a name on it, she said the PLEs, whatever. Okay, the PLEs. Very good. Thank you, Lou. Lou, why do you think? And I have to go. I'm sorry. I know you do. I have one last question. Luana, why do you think that the please came to talk to us today? What was that about? Why was that important? Because we have a lot more time on our hands. And there's going to be, a, oh, they just showed me our politics. Hold on. People are divided. To vote. Yes, people are divided right now. And if you're closed off to things that are coming in, it's an energy that makes it even worse. Makes it harder. Makes it challenging. So if you want to save the planet, open yourself up and be okay with it. And know that nobody bad is going to come in and try to give you information. Some people get really freaked out by that. They, they fear. They fear this idea that we're talking to somebody on the flip side. Right. And you I understand. Turn into an angel like an angel into a devil because of whatever your mind goes Rah. I know I know and here we are saying from a science point of view we just had a conversation with an angel there's no other way to put it yeah because we don't have the syntax for it guardians guardians that's we just had an okay very much better thank you that's guardians. a much better term guardian it makes more sense we have but we had an interview with a guardian all who called itself the principal, mm -hmm. other guardians who are the principals, and their advice to us was save your frickin' planet, plant seeds, not only in your heart, in your mind, but in the earth. Yes. Is that it? Yes. Well, thank you, principal. Thank you, Luana. And thank you, Jennifer. And thanks to all our guides and all those people signing in. Okay, we'll talk to you some other time when you're ready. Yeah, you're always welcome in our class. But you will be teased. Well, my dad, that's the one thing I'm getting over and over. Let's say again? He loves his family so much. That's the one thing I am getting. Oh, Jake came through to say that. All right, thank you, Jake. We'll talk to you in the future, our friend, when you're ready to do so. All right. Thank you. Bye, Jennifer. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.